Drive Time on RTE Radio 1, sponsored by Zurich. When investment performance matters, make sure your savings are with Zurich. Visit zurich.ie to find out more. Now, it's been reported this evening that Israel and Hamas are engaged in so-called proximity talks, whereby both sides are meeting mediators separately while in the same city. This is the furthest progress there's been in talks since the beginning of the month when Israel rejected a Hamas offer for a four and a half month truce. Well, for more on this, we're joined now by Gershon Baskin, who's Middle East Director with the International Communities Organisation and who is also the initiator and negotiator of the secret back channel between Israel and Hamas for the release of of the Israeli soldier Gilad Shalit. And you're very welcome, uh, Gershon, to the programme this evening. Um, as I mentioned, you're a veteran negotiator between Israel and Hamas. So I wonder, what's your view on, on today's talks in Qatar? Well, first of all, as long as talks are going on, that's a positive sign and there's reason for optimism. There is um, reason to hope that there might actually be a deal right now, both because of the timing of it, where um, two weeks before the holy month of Ramadan, the Israelis are on the cups of an invasion into the southern 20% of the Gaza Strip, where there are about a million and a half Palestinians, and, and there are hostages, 134 hostages still being held by Hamas. So there, there seems to be a willingness to make a deal. The United States have been pushing hard. The Qataris and the Egyptians are also, because a deal would involve at least a 45-day day ceasefire, which might be long enough to enable the parties to calm down and find a diplomatic solution that could end this war um, during that 45-day period without the need for Israel to invade Rafah. And and how hopeful at this point would you be, given we've we've been, or it feels like we've been walked to the brink a couple of times and, and no deal? As we've been led to believe by the media what we hear, mm. that Hamas is willing to make a deal with a reasonable number of Palestinian prisoners to be released. Um, this has been a big problem for the current Israeli government, releasing large numbers, in particular Palestinian prisoners who have murdered Israelis. And if Hamas is willing to compromise on that and also not force Israel to obligate itself to end the war now uh, during the first phase of this deal, then we, then we could have something here on the table which would bring home about 40 Israeli hostages and release uh, um, maybe up to 1,000 Palestinian prisoners. What then about Netanyahu and, and his approach to all of this? And I've been re- reading a lot of Israeli media reports uh, with a lot of cynicism around whether or not Netanyahu will agree to any deal ever. Well, there is a lot of questions around that because Netanyahu knows that once this war is over, the National Commission of Inquiry, headed by a Supreme Court judge, will begin its work to determine who was responsible for leading Israel to the situation we got into. Netanyahu bears primary responsibility as a leader of this country for so many years. Um, so he, he's not so anxious to end the war, and, and he has made a commitment to the Israeli public, which might not be possible, which is to put an end to Hamas. Hamas is going to continue to exist the question is, will they be able to continue to govern and threaten Israel from the Gaza Strip? I think significant damage has been done to them already, let alone the humanitarian disaster that's been created for the 2.2 million Palestinians who live in the Gaza Strip. Yeah, but because of that, because as you say, there may be a situation whereby, or there's likely to be a situation whereby Netanyahu is not going to be able to deliver on that promise to destroy Hamas. Um if there is a deal with a lasting ceasefire of any type, does that failure to deliver that promise then become you know, crystal clear to the Israeli public, putting Netanyahu in danger? Well, I think there won't be an end to this war unless it's determined that Hamas can no longer govern Gaza and it's no longer a military 
threat to Gaza, we may have that situation which could be arrived to through diplomatic means, um, enabling the Hamas leadership, for instance, to leave to Qatar or to someplace else, uh, the, the creation of a new Palestinian government now that's taking place after Mahmoud Abbas uh, took the resignation of the outgoing prime minister. There is a need for the Palestinians to present a united front that would include the different factions supporting a responsible, legitimate Palestinian government taking over the Gaza Strip and the West Bank. The, the international wheels are spinning and everyone's trying to find a solution that would enable us to end the war. And Netanyahu will face a very angry public once this war is over, who will demand new elections and his exit from politics. Mm. And, and again, I suppose then that goes back to uh, the fact that conversely, really, he has uh, he has a reason to want to keep this war going, doesn't he? And, and we even saw uh, the biggest anti-government protests that have been staged in Israel since October 7th, um, again over the last couple of days. And, and the Israeli government actually taking a very hard line against those protesters, even, I believe, spraying some families of hostages with, with water cannons. That's right. It's really horrible. But once there's a break in the war or an end to the war, there are going to be hundreds of thousands, maybe millions of Israelis taking to the street. Netanyahu has lost his base. 80% of Israelis want new elections. They want him gone. We want a chance to select a new, more responsible leadership, someone who doesn't bear responsibility for the uh, events that led to the atrocic, uh, atrocities that com- were committed by Hamas on October 7th. This public is fed up with the current government, its lack of responsibility, and in particular with Prime Minister Netanyahu. So I think we will see massive protest in Israel as soon as there's a break in the war. So it sounds to me, Gershon, as, you, as if you, be- you believe at this point that there is a movement, a real movement towards a break in the war. I, there's a chance if we can get this first stage of a hostage deal done that would include a uh, a pause, a ceasefire, a redeployment of Israeli troops outside the Palestinian cities in Gaza. It would in, and, and it would be throughout the month, the holy month of Ramadan, which is really important that we not have warfare going on during the month of Ramadan. If that happens, then there is time enough for people, responsible people in the international community, the Americans, the Egyptians, the Qataris, and others to come up with a formula that might enable us to end the war. This is my hope, at least. I, I hope it's not misplaced mm. optimism, but I think there's a real chance. We've had enough, mm. enough killing, enough enough tragic uh, events that have unfolded here. And certainly the Palestinians in Gaza have suffered beyond imagination. What about then this threat of a full-scale land invasion by the IDF in Rafah? And uh, still what we're hearing from the Israeli government is that plans are still underway for that to happen. Right. I, I spoke to some Israeli military officials and former senior people from the Mossad who said the, the Israelis have a, an action plan already made to evacuate most of the people from the Rafah area. I don't know how you do that. It's 20 percent of the Gaza Strip with about a million and a half people, and there's basically no safe place for them to go. So I don't actually know how that happened. And I, I think my sense is that the Israeli threat to enter Rafa is, is not an empty threat. They mean it, but it's also meant to apply pressure on Hamas to make a reasonable deal now for this 45-day ceasefire, a reason prisoners and hostages. And do you think that, again, as somebody who has de- had dealings with Hamas in the past and watching how this has all unfolded over the last couple of months, um, you know, many people might say, surely the pressure on Hamas would have been too significant up to this point, given what's happened in Gaza and the situation for people in Gaza. Um, so do you think that the threat of an invasion, Rafa, will be just that tipping point? 
I, I think it could be. I think the threat of, of the um, attack on Rafa is uh, perhaps a tipping point. We don't really know. Everyone speaks on behalf of the Hamas leadership in Gaza and thinks that they know what we, they want. We really don't know. We could only imagine the, the horrific situation that they are in already in the tunnels, 141 days. And uh, they've lost most of the Gaza Strip and, and 30,000 Palestinians have been killed and enormous damage done. And there are protests beginning a real protest in the Gaza Strip against Hamas, who are saying, we want you guys to go. We don't want you here anymore. You've brought us all this damage. And, and that's going to increase. Um, you mentioned about the wheels turning in, in the in the background, particularly with the US trying to sort of sort out how this will all look the day after, for, to, 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 to coin the phrase. Um, we saw Palestinian Authority Prime Minister Mohammed Shataya and his government submitting their resignation. Do you think that's all part of, of those wheels turning to try and make preparations for what happens next? Oh, for sure. When, when uh, President Biden and other people in the European Union and other places talk about a revitalized Palestinian authority, they are basically talking about a Palestinian leadership that has legitimacy in the eyes of its people. And the current Palestinian government, the one that just resigned, and President Mahmoud Abbas have almost zero legitimacy in the eyes of the Palestinian people. They want to go to elections. Obviously, now is not the time for elections, but there needs to be a temporary caretaker government that's legitimate in the eyes of the Palestinian people and mainly puts an end to the division between the West Bank and Gaza. Mm. There will be no uh, day after scenario where there's stability and security if there isn't a credible Palestinian government engaging with other countries, mainly the neighboring Arab countries, to bring some kind of multinational Arab-led force to Gaza. And no one in the international community, not in the Gulf or not in Western Europe, is going to provide money for rebuilding Gaza unless they know that this is the last time, which means that the Palestinians need to be responsible and we need a new government in Israel as well. Very interesting to speak to you as always and thank you for joining us. That's Gershon Baskin.